Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Since I last talked to Dad, I bought a house. I got into school. And I got the car that I wanted that he told me I should never get based. And he doesn't know anything? No. He doesn't care to. I've reached out to Garrison and uh, Gabriel. I reached out to them just before Christmas, and I reached out to them um, after. Uh, no, they're blocking me. They're not, they're not interested. <laughs> episode of everyone's business but mine with me Kara Berry our sister wives edition for the week I think we might be at the halfway mark because they played what seemed to be a mid-season trailer at the end of the episode and I wouldn't say that there was anything well I gotta take that back there was one revealing thing to me personally which is that when (laughs) Mary and Cody are having what appears to be their final final we're definitely not together conversation (laughs) the camera pulls back and robin's just there translating or whatever she does and i can't wait for that moment that was a real jump scare for me but other than that it just seemed kind of like more of the same which i'm not opposed to i'm very accustomed to this show being extremely boring so the fact that it even runs over a three out of ten is like energetically is a win for me. So I'm here. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be walking through it, through the empty lot of Coyote Pass and, you know, other things. Anyway, let's talk about what happened this week. (laughs) I'm not sure whose decision it was to start the episode with like 
spooky trap music, but we are in spooky season, so I did appreciate it. I will say that. So Christine's back in town in Flagstaff. She's chilling at Garrison's house. She said she's cooking a meal for the family, but it turns out just to be salad and fixings, just like a whole lettuce surprise you. You remember that restaurant, Lettuce Surprise You? <laughs> I miss those days. Like, we could never go back to that now, but I do long for the mid-90s soup and salad buffets. They were a vibe. Back in the day for the kiddies, you don't know, in like elementary school, they used to do, um, you know, like a synergy sort of thing between the school fundraiser and a local restaurant. And our local restaurant was called Sweet Tomatoes. And so they would just like have everybody come down to the Sweet Tomatoes. You can get like an eight ninety nine or whatever um, meal, dinner for the night. And like some of that, the proceeds would go towards like whatever the school is raising funds for. So and we would have a time. I would be so excited. I'd be like, mm, yes, I'm going to get chunks of ham <laughs> in this salad. And just really zhuzh it up. Ranch, French, both of them. Who cares? I can do anything. Okay? This is my house. Damn, I would fuck up a cherry tomato and some shredded cheddar cheese dr drenched in ranch right now. And I'm not even a ranch girl in, in 2023. But I would do that just for the nostalgia. Anyway, Christine says that Gwen and Gabe are going to be there later. Not truly. Truly's in town, but they just want to give the kids a safe space to speak. I would love to know the thought process and the conversation and the planning that went behind this scene specifically, where we're just having like a last, truly, it would look like the last supper where all the kids, the elder children, not Logan, not Aspen, you know, but like Gabe, Garrison, Gwen, Savannah, all gather around with Janelle and Christine and really let the feelings out about how they really feel about their daddy. I really would like to know who thought about this because I'm kind of of two minds on it. Like most of these kids are fully adults. You know, Garrison owns a house. I don't own a house. <laughs> Shit. So I, these people are, can make their own decisions, but I do feel like that they're maybe in that. <clears throat> tender age these are also tender age children and i wonder if like maybe they're gonna regret this later like i i remember being early 20s and you're like yes i am an adult <laughs> and i make adult decisions okay but then you like get to your 30s and you're like oh bitch you know <laughs> And I'm just wondering if that's going to happen with any of these kids with this scene in particular. So it, I was like slightly uncomfortable, but I was also living, especially to find out what happened more in that group chat. But let's get to that in a second. So it's been like six months now since Christine moved to Utah. And she says that a lot has happened with Cody and Robin and the kids. The last time she saw the kids was at Christmas and she noticed that they were really sad, but she also hasn't really been in their lives. And so she's hoping things that have improved, which is fascinating to me. I mean, I know that these kids are adults. Yeah, I'm going to chalk it up to these kids being adults. Like, they, it would make sense that maybe she hadn't seen them in six months. So she's in the kitchen and Savannah's helping her chop cucumbers and rinse that ring of Kroger brand cocktail shrimp in the sink. And Christine asked her about how school's going. And she asks, do you see Brianna? Because Savannah and Brianna are in the same grade, or at least, like, they go to the same school, right? And Savannah's like, yeah, I see her every day. 
because they share the same teacher, not the same class, but a similar teacher. So Christine asks, well, do you even hang out with her? And Savannah's like, no, I don't even talk to her. We just kind of ignore each other when we see each other in the hallway. And Christina's like really trying to hide her reaction, but she's like, oh, that's crazy. (laughs) Then we get Brianna and Aurora in a confessional. Lord Jesus, I'm going to have to bully a child. But I'm just wanting to issue the disclaimer that 100% do I feel like this is Robin's fault. And I will rarely be like, a parent, this is your fault. But Brianna is Robin's fault. She, uh, down to the, the tears with no crying... Um, the facial expression, the voice, the, the, oh my gosh. Uh oh. Number two. (laughs) So Brianna and Aurora are in a confessional and Brianna says that she and Savannah are decent to each other, but they're like not super great or close because during COVID people had different opinions about the rules. So they just didn't know what to do with each other. So they kind of kept their distance. And then she says, I just kind of feel shocked and confused and like she doesn't care. Like, I don't know what the right word is. It just kind of broke my heart a little because I grew up with her and all those kids for 12 years. And then she starts crying. She says, I grew up with all of them. And you just have to watch the scene. Like Brianna, just her mother's daughter through and through. And that was clear to me. There was a not a divide, but a difference between Brianna and Aurora for me that I thought probably other people picked up on. So Janelle says in a confessional that Savannah and Brianna have no relationship and that they just sort of say hi. And then she goes, no, they don't even do that. They just ignore each other in the hallway. Christine said she had no idea and doesn't even know what to say, except that it's heartbreaking. So she asks Savannah If this awkward relationship is a recent thing or something that she's always had to deal with with the siblings. And Savannah's like, no, I've always had a hard time with the siblings around my age. But a lot of those relationships got better once we got older, but never with Robin's kids. Like, it was never like that. Ever with them. So then Christine asks, last time you saw your dad, was it good? Are you okay hanging out with Truly there? And she's like, yeah, no, you know, it's no problem. And Christine's like, well, I just wanted to check because before the holidays, your dad hadn't seen Truly since we moved away. Now, she moved away last summer before Truly went to school. Yes. Well, let's say August, maybe. I don't know when school starts in um, Arizona. Maybe September at the very latest, right? So then he didn't... So September to December. And then... He didn't see her again until six months, twice. Is it three times? Okay, cool, cool, cool. Then Christine tells Savannah, like, I'm sorry things are so strange. And Savannah's very upbeat when she says this. She's like, honestly, it's been this way for so long. I don't even notice. Honestly, I haven't really even realized that dad's not even around. And Christine, like, she's just chopping away at the cucumbers or the shrimp or whatever. And Christine's looking at her like, damn. Like, really devastated. And she says in a confessional that you sometimes don't realize how broken things are in your family until you hear it from a kid. 
Then we head up to Utah where Mary and Jen are moving things out of their storage space. Like we can, we can keep this real quick. This was truly riveting stuff. She's basically telling us that she's going to be doing the thing that she said she's going to be doing all season, clearing out the storage in the carriage house to accommodate her clothing business. Okay. Hooray. Hooray. Mary tells us that the intention of the big ass house that she's been living in in Flagstaff was so she could run the business out of it, but also it would be like the house to have the family events at, but Somehow Mary has done the impossible, which is that her LuLaRoe business in 2022 is significantly more successful than her family unit. So may wonders never cease. So she's decided to get a smaller house in Flagstaff and be in Parowan more than the 50% that we found out that she's been this whole time, right? Then we finally meet Jen's husband. I think his name is Sean or whatever. I mean, honestly, this was such a non-factor. He seems like a perfectly decent Naruto fan. Helpful. Good with a power saw or power whatever the hell that is. (laughs) Clearly better than I am. Mary says in a confessional, it's like kind of new for her to have a guy around doing projects for her like Cody used to. Here we go with the sad sack comedy tour featuring Mary Brown. <clears throat> you know, Cody used to be around, but I haven't been a part of that equation for, <laughs> for a hot second. Uh, nobody's laughing but you, Mary. Okay? My God. the Honestly, those production people should have to get hazard pay for every time she tries to laugh through the pain. And that one yellow tooth just smiling at it. And you know the one I'm talking about, Okay. It's not bullying if it's true. You you know the one I'm referring to. But anyway, then Mary gives us the brand new information. Are you guys ready for it? She lives a very independent life, but she still considers herself married to Cody. And she says, you know, we have our spiritual commitment and marriage. And to me, that's still valid. But we have lived very separate lives for quite a number of years. We know, babe. We're watching. And then she says that Sean and Jen never really cared about her being a polygamist. And that's just how they've always been. Like, they haven't been judgmental of that. I thought we were past that. I don't know. Maybe I just, uh, you know, I callous easily. It's just easy for me to get over things. Are people really still coming for them about the polygamy aspect of it? I don't think that's true, Mary. Like, I don't feel like that can't possibly be the predominant criticism that you are getting from being in this family. I don't think, I don't think that's right. But also like, yeah, Mary seems pretty chill because she seems like she kind of found, found a pseudo sister wife situation in Jen and Sean. Like he's just there doing power tools and not having sex with her, which is basically the best time in her relationship with Cody. So what's the difference? They're helping her clear out the garage. This is great. This is great for her. Just stay there, girl. (laughs) So then she says, basically, her relationship with Jen is easy. And when you have relationships that are that easy, you become more drawn to them. Which is like, yeah, girl, again, welcome to the class of having healthy relationships with people. Of not continuously putting your hand directly on the fire of Cody and being like, why is this burning me? Oh, here's some ice. Here's some cool water and a bandage over here. That feels good. Maybe I should stick around and try to heal myself instead of putting my hand in the fire again. Thank you. 
We know, girl. It feels good to have people around that like you. <laughs> because then she has to go back all the way into the Disney vault and be like, yeah, I had good relationships with Christine before. I've had it with Cody, Robin, obviously. Janelle and I have laughed. We have laughed, but we've never really had that close bond. I just wish I had that with the family, but I just don't. It's like, yeah, girl, you don't have that with anybody except for Robin. Barely. And she's manipulating you to get what she ultimately thinks that she wants in the end. So in a way, Robin's maybe your biggest enemy in the whole family. <laughs> she's doing you less of a favor than Christine, who's not speaking to you at all. Because at least Christine respects you enough to be like, I don't like her, so I'm not going to continue this relationship. Robin actively is trying to force you into a situation for specifically her own gain, and she knows it. And now we know for a fact that she knows it because she said it multiple times this season, that she feels selfish and guilty about it. Um, so honestly, like, she's your biggest op. Robin is your biggest op, Mary. <laughs> wow. Can somebody forward this to Mary? Like, I really want her to hear this. That Robin wants her to stay in this family unit forever. So that eventually when Cody's dead, y'all can sit on a porch and she can talk about all the good times she had with him. So. I hope you bought your way out of Coyote Pass. I really do. <laughs> Back to the show. Jen asks Sean, is she the best wife he's ever had or something? And Mary says on camera because she's recording them these are the things that you can't ask a man in polygamy although sometimes they'll tell you anyway and this she says in a confessional that when you have a favorite wife in a plural marriage it definitely doesn't work which begs the question of why you marry who sees cody with his favorite wife more than anybody else more than the other two that left because they know that she's his favorite wife you're exposed to them more than often and they're stealing glances and sharing pony rings with each other in their off time. Try not to horn up in front of you. Whatever passion is so great between them, <laughs> they shan't expose it to you. You see that shit more than anybody. Damn. So why, how can you say that and still say? But anyway, Christine says... She's definitely experienced other plural families where there was a favorite and how not okay that was. And Janelle says straight up, a man in a plural marriage cannot have a favorite mar favorite wife. He has to grow beyond his normal selfish capacity to love all of these women in their own way and give them adequate time and a connection. But of course, Co Co Cody says in a confessional, in plural marriage, if... If a man has a favorite wife, it has everything to do with him feeling her loyalty. And if you don't feel loyalty to a wife, you're going to struggle. But then Janelle comes back in a confessional and goes, most men fail, obviously. Back at Garrison's, Gabe and Gwen are officially moving in with Garrison, which Christine is still... 10 toes down about the fact that she does not think this is a good idea. But Janelle seems to have no regard for this whatsoever. She's like, you know, I think there's something to living with somebody who cares about you 
coming home not necessarily in a parenting sort of way but like they just have more an investment than a normal roommate but christine is still like these people are very different politically and also in general just seems like a real bad idea so they're all sitting down for their salad bar last supper and christine says that usually when she's in town cody's doesn't ask to see the truly but she happened to call him this time and how Truly's actually really excited because she still thinks that she and Cody have a great relationship with each other. And then Christine tries to explain this in a confessional. And I hate that I had to even a little bit side with Cody. But it was mostly just by default. Not really because I like Cody. So she says in a confessional that when she lived in Flagstaff, she genuinely believed that leaving was going to be the best thing for her and Truly. Because she knew that taking her away from him like it sounds bizarre but in a way it's like she kept their relationship frozen in time from when she was a kid she just like took truly while things were good with her relationship with cody and she didn't notice picked it up move it over to utah and then whenever they're in town she just moves it back and it's preserved in time so i get what she's saying what she's saying is like i can just if Cody's not around, then Truly's not going to be disappointed when he's not coming and being present for her. So if she has this excuse of him being in Utah or Arizona, and then when they can make it to Arizona, she can have time with him. Great. And then she's like none the wiser. But I can also understand, and again, only by default, Cody being like, that's bullshit. <laughs> and it's it's a ridiculous rationalization to say that she's preserving it. I can understand that, but I also think that's like, he's being just like, oh, he's kind of a dumb-dumb, I wouldn't say willfully ignorant, just regular Cody ignorance. But I could understand why somebody would make a case for that, and people might be on their side. So at the round table, Janelle says... I don't think you guys have seen your dad for a while, right? They're like, nope. Like, have you heard from him? Nope. Gabe says that he remembers Cody saying something like he only cares about his minor children. Um, do you want to pass the French dressing, by the way? <laughs> so Janelle says in a confessional that she has observed that Cody has a hard time relating to his older children. And he seems to dote on the younger kids and when her kids were younger, it was very easy for him to be a father because his guidance mattered to them, to him, or to them rather. Like they cared about what he was saying. But now that they're older and they're questioning him a little bit, it's really harder for him to feel respected. Oh, gosh, is there a word for that? Oof. Sound off in the comments if you could think of one. I'm having a hard time. I feel like if your ego is completely wrapped up in children who are uh, not yet formed and adore you, and then once they go out in the world, they start to be like, hmm, you sure, bro? And you just completely cut them off? Mm. Wow. It's got to be a word for that. Anyway. Eyebrows says in a confessional that before all the hurt feelings that happened through COVID, Cody's relationship with all the older kids, well, a lot of them, were really good, right? But then Christine left and all that changed. 
Okay. Most of his relationships with his kids were pretty good. But it's all Christine's fault. Okay. Okay, girl. Then Garrison says that since he's spoken to Cody, he's bought a house, he's gotten to school, he got the car that he wanted, the same car that Cody told him specifically not to get. He got all those things. And Cody has no idea. So Christine's like, he doesn't know any of this? And Garrison's like, no, he doesn't care to. Cody claims in a confessional that he's reached out to Garrison and Gabriel just before Christmas and also after Christmas, but they blocked him. They didn't answer. They blocked him. Which Christmas? Why did they not ask him to specify? Because now we're now at Christmas number two where y'all haven't seen each other. So which one? Which one? Then Gwen stops over some, for some key lime pie. And Christine asked the kids, well, what happened between them and Robin and Cody? We're really asking the good questions. The questions that I know that Suki's not going to be asking at the finale, at the tell-all. So thank you, Christine. What happened in that text chain, right? So Gwen says that they were planning that gift exchange. Robin suggested that they do the exchange over Zoom. I figured that she asked them to just like plan it over Zoom, but she wanted to do the exchange over Zoom so that they could all see each other and said, at some point in the text chain, Ariella is forgetting who you guys are. Just like Merry Christmas, Robin. Jesus, Grinch. So Garrison says in a confessional that they've done this gift exchange for 20 years amongst the siblings. And shout out to the editors for showing one past gift exchange that they did on camera in which all of Robin's kids were very enthusiastically included by the other brown children. Like, they're like, oh my God, McKelty got Brianna one. Uh, Logan got Peyton one. Like, they're all so excited about it and they're all having a gee golly good time. Christine says that Aspen was the one who started the text thread. And then Gwen says that when Robin suggested they do a Zoom, the general consensus was that they didn't, that was like impersonal. So people started coming up with other ideas. Gwen suggested that they make a competition of whose mom could do it quicker. And then Robin started making everything about herself, brought up her past trauma. (laughs) And Gwen goes, which by the way, where's the trauma coming from? Because dad prefers them. We can all agree on this, right? (laughs) Robin says in a confessional that from her perspective, which is like, means nothing at this point, girl. But from her perspective, Cody didn't choose her family. They came into this family, cap in hand, lest we not forget, and wanted to be loved by everyone. (laughs) Please, love, love us, please. Then she says that when they were blending family, trying to blend the family years ago, there was a lot of trouble. She didn't feel like she had a lot of support from uh, the other parents with the blending. And there were a lot of things that happened that were very hard. And how things started to ease up about 10 years ago, but then COVID hit. And then all of a sudden her kids were excluded again and they weren't part of the group. The group that everybody was upset about because the leader quotes um was staying at your castle and nobody else's but you were left out okay robin really wants us to forget that literally all that could be done to change this is to tell cody to shut the fuck up and to call his kids that's all that has to happen and he'll do it because he loves her and he doesn't want to upset her she knows that And she wants to do it, but... 
Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com/acast and use code acast for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com/acast code acast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/people today. Like she really wants to say something to the man that she shares bed with every night, but you know, but she wants to. She really does. So then Gwen says that Robin kept texting that group chat about all the trauma and how she doesn't get any respect uh, as a mother and how weird it is because she still very much considers Robin kids her siblings and Robin very much her still still her mother. Aurora says in a confessional that before the gift exchange, let's really keep our ears on this. That before the gift exchange, they had learned. That there were some strong negative feelings towards them coming from some of the siblings, and that they were also planning on having a Christmas without them, without telling them. And Brianna says it was just very frustrating for her, and she felt really hurt and confused. Y'all, this is what I've been screaming about Robin for years now. She has wound these children up tighter than a top. And is like watching, like now they're spinning out like her little soldiers of victimhood. And they think, they think this because Robin is telling them. She is the captain of this ship and she's just guiding them right into the icebergs and the bullshit. And it's like, well, I mean, well, why, why would you say this to any of your kids? Like, why would you tell them that? Why would you say Gather round, kitties. Everybody in the family wants to do Christmas without you, and they weren't going to tell you, but I am. Is <laughs> what you just, what you just said that you had, you would have had no idea had Robin not told you, or Cody not said something. They, they did that. Why would she tell them that the other siblings have issues with them? Because she specifically said we learned that, meaning they were told by outside people. Not by people directly. All this information that they're getting is secondhand information from their mother. It's weird. It's so weird. Like you're allowing your kids to feel guilt and think that they're at fault for something that is your fault because you don't want to feel that. That's wild. So Christine asks Gwendolyn if she sees anything changing for the better, and Gwen's like, "No, I think things are going to get progressively worse." And so Robin also said to us that because we weren't respecting her, she wasn't going to participate in Christmas with us. But Robin says that she got a kickback and attitude from the older kids, and she was like, "Well, I don't even know why I'm trying. I'm just very defeated." And then she goes, "We truly, 
my kids and I feel like we got voted off the Brown family island. That's absolutely how we felt. The crazy thing is, you are the Brown family island. That's what you're doing in that big-ass house of yours. Being an island. All of your own. With patriarchy and horses and expensive paintings on the wall. So Gwen comes back and says that Robin told them that she's not talking to them anymore. And then a few days later, Robin told Logan and McKelty, the two people that she does talk to, to tell the other siblings that she wasn't going to talk to them anymore. Like, literally, Garrison says in a confessional that a few days after that text confrontation, McKelty texted all the other kids to say that Robin and her kids weren't going to participate in the gift exchange anymore. And he says, and it kind of hurt. So Christine then says that it's a true division and how if you look back, it kind of seems like a line was drawn the day of the text exchange. And Garrison says Robin turned into the victim, trying to make it seem like they were trying to ostracize her. But they were like, no, this is really just about us trying to figure out how to do this and adjust to your new Christmas rules so that we could all do the exchange. But Cody says in a confessional that rob is not the one who ever made those covid rules that's his choice it's his job that was him but then garrison says that she did whatever she does to make herself the victim even though they told her what was going on and then gabe says she's just gaslighting everybody into treating her special and gwen says for the past eight years robin has made herself the victim because she's the last wife and then she looks over at her mom christina goes but you never made yourself the victim did you and then garrison goes she's the catalyst of all of this and when christina asks him what he means by that he goes she used covid to make dad exclusive to her and then she started making herself a victim by telling them it's all their fault and gwen's like yeah and also dad chose to spend christmas with her instead of us so garrison says that the kid's did protest for the sake of Christine and Janelle and their marriages with Cody. But once those marriages went down the drain, they figured they were just going to do their own thing. But then that put Robin in a position where she couldn't feel them attacking her because nobody's around anymore because they gave up. And then Cody says in a confessional, one of the most evil things of all, all of you guys are just kind of jerks. And I don't want to be around you. And I'm tired of it. And I don't want to call them. And I don't want to talk to them. So there there you have it and now and now we said it the truth is finally out there it is i don't want to you guys are jerks my children are jerks and i don't want to talk to them <laughs> oh yikes 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 it, it gives me the ick just thinking about him saying that shit gives me the ick so garrison then says and this is why I don't care to talk to Robin anymore. Like, I'm doing my own thing, and Robin's mad that she can't have this effect on our lives anymore, because we just don't care. Like, I'm not speaking on behalf of all the siblings, but this is what I think all the siblings feel. That this is going, you know what, Robin? Have him. Because we don't care anymore. We're all grown adults. We don't need a father figure anymore. Now, Gwen says, I would like to say that I didn't care, but it still hurts. And Garrison goes, yeah, but we don't need a dad anymore. Like, <laughs> we just don't need him. You could tell in, in Gabe and, and Gwen's faces, they're like, mm, I don't know about that. I don't know. Christine says in a confessional, I think every kid needs a dad. Always. I still need my dad. I think every kid needs a dad. 
then she says, I'm not going to apologize for Cody's behavior, but gosh, I wish they had it easier and better. Quinn tries to make a joke and is like, you know, who needs a dad when we have two moms, right? Like Janelle and Christine. So Christine says, I might not be able to give my kids a dad, but I can give them Janelle for goodness sake. And then Janelle says that when they were blended, and I think they mean when Robin joined, they didn't really merge very well. And Christine's like, I fully agree. But I've been accused of being a bully to the other sister wives before, which I don't really think I am. But then she says in a confessional that by sister wives, she basically just means Robin, right? But Cody says in a confessional that he never accused Christine of being a bully. He just thinks that she was a crap sister wife and was always talking trash about Mary and Janelle. It's so interesting to me that Cody has been shouting from the rooftops this whole time that the specific purpose of Christine and the family was to kind of deflect and put some buttercream on the whole situation to keep Janelle and Mary from scrapping because of how much they hated each other to make everything light and bright and fun again. But now she's just like the shittiest sister wife to ever exist, just talking shit about everybody and shitting on everybody's shit. Really took a turn, didn't it? Then Garrison reveals that up until Thanksgiving, he and Cody would still talk on the phone. He would give ask for advice and stuff, but now that's completely done. Gwen says she still misses Aurora because Aurora and she are about the same age. Garrison says, I miss Dayton still, and I really would like to mend our relationship with my siblings. But when Christine asks him, but are you going to try? He goes, I will, but like if Robin's there, I don't give a shit. <laughs> and then he says, you know, Truths were revealed and we're done. So Christine goes, well, what about a face-to-face conversation? Do you think that's possible with like Robin and Garrison's like, no, honestly, I don't have the emotional maturity to do a face-to-face with her. It would not be good. It wouldn't. But Gwen says, honestly, she'd probably just start like crying or trying to manipulate us anyway. Robin says in a confessional, I just realized that nothing I would ever say it do at this point They're just never going to see the right intention. I mean, the love I have for them, even the hurt. Why would I hurt if I didn't care? They're always going to see me as the bad guy. Okay. I'm just going to be the villain I think I am. Loser. Gabe says that this whole time... Gabe's actually not really been saying this whole anything this whole time, right? So Christine turns to him and asks him how he's feeling, right? And he says... That he actually still talks to Aurora because he sees her at school. And Gwen's like, wait, really? Because they all three of them go to the same school together. But this is obviously news to her. So Gabe says that Aurora has been the only person from that corner of the family who said I love you to him since COVID. And I'm assuming that he's including Cody in this as well. So Aurora says in a confessional that there they have hugs, that they'll see each other from across the cross the quad they'll hug they'll be well wishes and i love you's given and she says personally gabe has been nothing but kind to me and you can kind of tell that maybe even brianna didn't know about this either which i think is very fascinating this family really doesn't communicate with one another but then there's also like we're fighting for this we're a unit our family culture what's it's being torn down what's happening to it it feels like such a just juxtaposition because it feels like a lot of y'all don't really talk too much now granted it's like hella people in this family so you know y'all got stuff to do and and other people to talk to right i I get that but 
Rory and Brianna probably like share a, a full size bed or something. So it's surprising to me that she wouldn't know that. So Gabe tells Gwen that Aurora's always in the science building if you want to see her. And Gwen's like, cool, I'm going to hunt her down. I feel a lot of empathy for them because how are you really going to be like, I like you, but I don't fuck with your mama like at all. And I think she's manipulative and weird. And I really would never like to have a relationship or be in the same room with her again. But I like you very much. So that's hard. That's a hard thing to, to talk about. Christine says in a confessional that it's really hard and she has noticed that Garrison has done a lot of digging emotionally and he's been really vulnerable throughout this time. But Cody then says, this is a divorce. And a lot of times a divorce is a civil war. So she, Christine, is just feeding the flames in the civil war. And I think she's got some terrible karma coming. Like he's not even pretending anymore. <laughs> you think she's got terrible karma coming okay well congrats to christine on her very happy wedding how the, she looked real miserable real terrible gorgeous uh, during the sunset she looked she looked awful what that car terrible karma that came her way real love with somebody who's attracted to her uh-oh and then gwendolyn looks around the table and goes oh gosh imagine having a father that loves you Savannah goes, well, I think he does still love you. And Gwen points to herself and goes, me? But Savannah goes, no, I, I think he does. I just think he's been, like, maybe just angry at you for no reason. Christine says in a confessional, I've told Gwendolyn for years that her dad loves her, but it's not my job to convey Cody's love to Gwendolyn. It's his job. Cody then says, every shit talk. Every trash talk is absolutely reciprocated. I think the same thing of them. What are you talking about, you fucking weirdo? Ugh. So then Garrison says that if there's one thing he wishes Robin and her kids would understand is that they forgive them. And if they want to come back and participate in the gift exchange, they're always welcome. But, like, they're also not going to be chasing them. So he also says to the family... That they need to take a break from discussing this. So he kind of like calls it for the night. And Christine says in a confessional that the best part about going to Flagstaff is that she gets to see Janelle and them. But then the other side of it is that she has to go back and revisit the past. And she just kind of hopes that this helped the kids relieve some of the burden. But I also would really, again, I would like to know what the catalyst for this conversation was. Because I could get it more if it was after... Christmas, right after the holidays where the emotions are still high, but this is like six months later. So like, what was the conversation about? Anyway, there's a quick scene where it's McKelty's daughter Avalon's birthday, so she brings her down to go see Cody and Robin and celebrate. And Cody says in a confessional that he loves it in the midst of all of this, you know, Christine being a bitch or whatever, that McKelty is still nice to them. Him and Robin. And he also thinks that maybe a lot of it has to do with the fact that Robin and Tony are like besties and have always gotten along and he like really likes her and gets her. Again, Cody and Robin only see their relationships as good as bad as good or bad through the lens of how people treat them. With no consideration for how they treat others or how they come off to them. So even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Keep that top of mind for this, right? But they do talk about both Christine and Cody get into the fact that Robin was actually a great asset to McKelty growing up. And how Cody says that she was a big help to both him and Christine. But then Christine kind of says that McKelty wasn't being treated well by her older siblings. They didn't know what to do with her. But I kind of feel like... That was sort of the sentiment, even with the parents, too. They were like, oh, my God, she dares to not wear her Old Navy tank top underneath a V-neck top. We don't know what the hell's going to go on with this child's future. We don't know if she's going to be successful. They were acting like she was doing needle drugs when she was just, like, showing a little cleavage. (laughs) As far as we saw, right? But she does fully give Christine, or Christine fully gives Robin all the kadoos by saying Robin really took her under her wing. Granted, it was for child labor, but there was some sort of benefit to McKelty, nonetheless. <laughs> and that, like, Robin was really cool, and McKelty thought she was amazing. And, and she fully is like, I know that McKelty views Robin as another mother to her. And she knows that she was there for the birth of Avalon, that Robin's going to be there for all of her big moments. So, wow, what a monster Christine is, ruining the whole family while fully admitting on camera that she has no problem lifting up McKelty's right leg while Robin lifts up her left one in the most intimate and important times in her life. What a monster. What a bitch. After that, Christine has dinner with Janelle and some of the ladies that she befriended in Flagstaff. It sounds like they might be moms of Isabel's friends from back in high school. And she's like kind of introducing them to Janelle as well. So it's a holiday, okay? It's Christine's ex-anniversary or the former wedding anniversary of her and Cody's because she, she says, and this really cracked me up, that she's celebrating the ex-anniversary, because just celebrating the divorce isn't enough. She needed two days for Cody, and I understood that immediately. While they're all talking and drinking what appears to be their MLM juice and some wine or whatever, Chrissy gets a call on her phone, and it happens to be none other than Cody. He says that he just called because he found out that Christine was in town, um and wanted to see if he could hang out with truly but everybody's like why the hell is he calling you girl she's like i don't know and then she tells them all that two anniversaries she already knew their relationship was done so so one anniversary ago she told cody can you do me a favor 
what I want for this anniversary is nothing. I don't want you to text me. Don't call me. Not a messenger pigeon. Not a fax. Uh, not Morse code. Not a thing. I don't even want you to blink in the direction of my home. How about that? Okay. But then he suggested that they take a picture, post it on social media. And she was like, no. And he was like, oh, really? She's like, yeah, weirdo. Really? But Christine says in a confessional, it's hard to leave a marriage, especially doing it publicly. But it sure feels good on the other side. Like, she's a big fan of divorce. Like, if you're thinking about it, go for it. Absolutely do it. Do it. No, like, really do it. Like, you're already miserable. So just stop pretending. Maybe this is bad advice, but you know what? She's not a therapist, not a psychiatrist or anything, but she just knows how it feels on the other side and it is awesome. So then Christine's friend, Christy, had a little listy of questions and she was really doing the work. And thank you for that, Christy, because I wanted answers to these two. First, she looks around at Janelle and goes, do you feel uncomfortable hearing Christine, you know, talking shit about your husband? And Janelle's like, nah. I'm good. <laughs> Christine's like, yeah, she's known about how bad things have been between me and Cody for years. Janelle says in a confessional, I really don't care that Christine's telling her stories. I don't really feel like I have a lot of obligation or loyalty to Cody right now. So I'm just like, say what you want to say, girl. I don't care. <laughs> so Janelle tells the group that she saw Christine and Cody fight for their marriage. Sometimes things just doesn't work. And Christine asks or christy rather asks so are you guys good meaning janelle and cody are your marriage still good and janelle's like uh yeah well you know like definitely we have our you know midlife struggles i'm definitely not haven't been divorced to him this whole year can't say that <laughs> she says in a confessional like i've just met these people i'm not gonna tell them I'm spilling all my guts in front of them. Like, they're going to think I'm weird. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so she, like, really tries to lighten it up by telling them, look, Christine and I already decided that we're the core fun group anyway. So we're looking at, like, a kind of home base because our kids are all over the country. And Janelle says that they're actually thinking about taking it back to the beginning, getting a place kind of similar to their place in Lehigh so that they can live all together. She and Christine, like a separate togetherness, and then they have a little place for their kids, right? So then the rest of the ladies give Christine a little gift, and it happens to be a mug that says, Smash the Patriarchy. And Christine says in a confessional that she never really felt like Cody was on his patriarchy kick until recently, which is very strange and odd. Then Christine talks to ask Christy rather asks about the other two ladies like who are the other two in this situation like she has no idea who Robin and Mary are which is so fascinating to me I've never met somebody who I later found out was on a reality tv show but I feel very strongly that my powers that's not a power my being nosy would really kick in and I would be like, I'm taking a weekend away to watch everything that you were on because I need to know who I'm dealing with. And if I've got this wealth of information available to me in HD, I'm going to take it. So it's really shocking to me that these people are acting like they have no clue whatsoever 
about her life because they've had some time now. That's fascinating to me. Like, this is the type of person who, you know how there are people, I don't know if all of y'all know this, but there are people who have inner monologues. Like, you're talking to yourself and you're hearing a voice in your head who's, like, directing you or whatever and you're having thoughts. And there are some people who just don't have that at all. Like, there's just nothing. There's nothing happening up there. And that's how I feel like that's that's giving nothing, like, respectfully. <laughs> It's giving nothing going on up there, but I need to know. But anyway, they explained to Christy that Cody used to have a rotation back in the day, like pre-Flagstaff, but now it's pretty much just Robin. And Christine's like, you know, Mary isn't really in the picture anymore as far as like a real marriage goes, but it's not like the same situation as me because I left him, but Mary is still here. But they're like, why? Which is the million dollar question. And Janelle, I thought was very kind to Mary in this moment by saying that in a plural marriage, it kind of works in a way where you might not be married to the husband, but you're still able to be connected to the family if you want. Or if in Mary's case, you just say it enough. So they figure, like I said, that he's mostly with Robin now. Not how it used to be, but it is how it is. So Christine tells them that when they were secretive about polygamy before the show, that they would, she would have never had a group of girlfriends like this, a group of girlfriends who are not in plural marriage, who are at different stages of their relationships. Cause some of them are married and have been for 30 years. Some of them are getting a divorce. Some of them are on their second marriage. Like it's like the view in here and I'm happy for her. It's like the view in Flagstaff. <laughs> so Janelle tells all the ladies that it was really important for them to go public because up until a year prior, like up until 2021, polygamy in Utah was still a second degree felony, but says in a confessional that now that Christine's left, they're dealing with a different situation, which is that everybody's blaming polygamy for the failure in their family when it could be anything like this could happen in a monogamous relationship. People change shit happens. And then our second friend Constance steps up to the plate and has a couple questions. And she asked Christine what the tipping point was for her. And Christine's like, honestly, it was that he just wasn't great to my kids. And she says in a confessional that she doesn't actually see polygamy as a great family structure and has really had a hard time with it. And once the man finds the love of his life, kind of like the other women are screwed. But Cody says in a confessional that Christine forced her way, forced herself into his life and basically just insisted that they be married, just shoved him down her throat like a nacho from the gas station. So like, he doesn't really care that she's leaving. Like, yeah, I mean, he was hurt in the beginning, but like now he's fine. He just wants her to stop trash talking him to his children. It's like, give it up, delicious. Like, it, that's, I mean, it's happening, but like, they've got their own brains, okay? They're not fucking with you because you don't fuck with them. It has nothing to do with Christine. She's, if anything, she's trying to help or at least not trying to say anything too bad. I mean, not really so much anymore, but you know what I mean? She was putting an effort at one point. So, and at this point, like, she can't brainwash these people. 
You're you, Mister. The phone works both ways, bitch. <sighs> so like he's such a loser. And here's what I don't understand: is like, let the record reflect that this man has been up until now been talking up and down about how Christine was the great happy maker, the great light and bright buttercream goddess that came into the family because Janelle and Mary didn't fuck with each other. And she was brought in to make everything great and to diffuse situations and to make things fun again. And that was her specific role in the family. But now she's just Kool-Aid manning her way into the Browns and being a terror and talking shit about all the other sister wives. Okay. All right. Like, no shade, but not at any point has Janelle liked Mary. And that doesn't seem to be an issue for Cody at all. <laughs> you know? Like, we just have to let that... Let let that be out there the christine tells the ladies that she and cody had a conversation in which he told her he wasn't attracted to her he wasn't be she wasn't gonna be getting in any of that brown brujool anymore and that's it a couple months later she said you're not allowed in my bed you're not allowed in my bedroom adios and how that one that was one of the best days of her life and she turned the corner of the house and just screamed yes <laughs> so christine says in a confessional She's honestly still a little bit jaded, a little bit frustrated, but she's still having a good day. And how she wishes that Cody had maybe just sat them down at one point and said, look, I found Robin. We're soulmates. We want to live together for the rest of our lives. Let's figure it out. And how how to make it work for the other three in this scenario, which I would really have loved them to like unpack that a little bit. Like if he said that, what would have been your response? Would you have still left or would you have been willing to hear him out or willing to try to like figure it out what would you have said if he had come to you like nicely about it i'd really be curious so the episode ends with constance asking how christine's divorce affected her relationship with the other wives and she's like well listen there are some that i'm not as close to and that's not going to change frankly but i'm always going to be close to janelle so Christine says that when they went public, the purpose of that was that they wanted to show everybody that their relationship wasn't all about control or suppression, that they had an awesome family, they loved their kids, and they were like raising this happy family, but now they're showing a divorce and a family that's broken, but they're being vulnerable and that's okay because it's real. And we thank you for that. Salute, salute to you, Christine. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. I'm excited about the rest of the season. Let's get into it, y'all. Bye. Bye.